Ephesians 4, if you want to put a finger in Colossians 3, we'll read a, a couple verses today and refer to, to two of them, or the two, as we look at this idea of forgiving one another, forgiveness. Uh, but let's begin reading Ephesians 4, verse 32, and it says, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving uh, one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. And if you turn to Colossians chapter 3 and verse 13, it says, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Uh, let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to gather here this morning. We ask that you'd meet with us during the Sunday school hour, that you would just uh, bless the teachers, Lord, fill them with your spirit. And I pray, Lord, that as the word of God goes forth, that you would encourage hearts and strengthen us to uh, be better Christians, Lord, that we'd be more like Christ through the things that we learn from your word today. And Lord, we do ask for your blessing upon our congregation. And today, as we meet together, that you just do work in our midst. We'll give you the glory for all of it. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so as I've mentioned before, uh, the phrase one another or each other appears uh, several times in our New Testament I think 80, 87 or 89 times, if I remember correctly. And I believe at least 47 of these. I don't think we're going to look at all 47, but they um, are specific instructions to us as believers on how we can treat or we ought to be treating one another. And uh, so today we're going to look at this idea of forgiving one another. Uh, I would say all of us have been hurt by someone at some point or another in life. Uh, and if we do not know what to do when people hurt us, one old preacher said this, the memory of the hurt darkens our past, clouds the present, and shackles us in the future. And so we must learn to forgive uh, because it can be uh, a big hindrance to us in our lives if we would uh, hold on to that. And we'll look at it a little bit later. I think it will cause bitterness to grow, uh, anger and resentment and those things, and uh, so this morning, we're going to look at just a couple things. And so uh, I believe that this is a command uh, here, that we should forgive one another. And uh, it's, in Colossians, it says, if you have a quarrel against any, uh, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And we'll look at some of those things, how Christ freely forgave us. Uh, but it's not a suggestion and so as we look at this today, I want you to understand that it's a command. Uh, and the word translated forgiving, and, and I don't know, I can't, I'm obviously probably not the best at, at pronouncing Greek, but karidzomai, uh, it literally means to pardon or forgive unconditionally. Uh, there are no conditions to this. And when you look at how Christ forgave you, uh, it says, so also do ye. And so when you think of uh, the great forgiveness you received from our Lord, uh, from God, uh, uh, that's how it ought to be. But let's look at it uh, a little bit deeper. And, and so when we forgive as Scripture teaches, it's going to be gracious. <laughs> uh, the idea of having a quarrel means that we have found fault, right? Obviously, there, there's some contention, there's some, some difficulty there. Uh, but forgiving here is a present tense thing, so it's an ongoing thing. 
Uh, we have to learn to forgive sometimes over and over and, and really daily or continually forgive. We ought to be in an attitude of forgiveness. And I would say as Christians, we ought to always seek reconciliation. And so that's the idea, uh, is that there will be problems, there will be troubles that come, there will be faults, there will be quarrels, but we ought to be ready to forgive uh, and have an attitude of forgiveness. Uh, always keeping in mind what Christ did for us. Uh, and how he was, he was ready and willing to forgive. Have you ever noticed that people that irritate or hurt us often do it more than once? I know I've irritated my wife on occasion. <laughs> I've hurt her on occasion. Uh, and I've sought her for, for uh, her forgiveness. And uh, Peter, I think, understood this. Uh, as we see in Matthew chapter 18, and it's, he goes to the Lord, it says, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times. And so cut, the customary of the day was for about three times, is, was the common teaching of the day. But Peter, he doubles that, and he's, he's doing good. We go to seven. And, uh, but we, I think most of you understand uh, that the Lord's response it's far greater than just the seven times that he proposes. He says, Jesus saith unto him, I say unto thee until seven times, or not until seven times, but until 70 times seven. I don't know you public math folks, that's 490. And uh, I uh, remember being in third grade and Mrs. Gordon said I wasn't going to always have a calculator in my pocket. She's a liar because I carry one every day all the time <laughs> on my cell phone. Uh, so I got you, Mrs. Gordon, but um, I actually could do that math in my head and just add a zero because she was a good teacher. I'm just kidding. But listen, the, the, the thought there uh, that our Savior is getting across is that we're not to be taken into account. We're, we're not writing down a tally of, well, oh, there's, there's three. Well, here's seven. I guess I'm done. You know, the next offense is the, is the one that broke the camel's back, and there's no longer any forgiveness uh, for these people. That wasn't what our Savior uh, was. Our Savior said contrary to that. Uh, 490, or just really just, uh, we're not keeping track. And that falls in line with 1 Corinthians 6, uh, 13. And we've looked at this verse quite a bit. Doth not, uh, this talk is speaking of charity. In verse 5 it says, Doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, and it says, thinketh no evil. Uh, there in 1 Corinthians, and the idea is, uh, logizomai, it's a bookkeeping term. When it says, thinketh no evil, and we'll come back and kind of look at this, because when it says, imputeth sin, uh, it's actually the same Greek word uh, that there it is in 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, but the idea here is it's of taking a ledger and keeping account. And that's not the spirit of what Christ was telling Peter. He says it's not about keeping an account. It's about being forgiving, having a forgiving attitude, and, and being committed to reconciliation. And so that's the command that we're given. To forgive on a continual basis, despite the numerous hurts that even one individual can cause in our life. And that can be very challenging, because people can be offensive, and they can do grave things that hurt us deeply. Uh, and so, the, humanly speaking, when we go, boy, i got to forgive this person, and then you want me to forgive him again and to forgive him again. 
And I'm not saying we should put ourselves in a place where we can be abused. Don't misunderstand me, but I think it, the flip side of this is oftentimes those people need to be repentant and, and seeking forgiveness. But um, what I don't want you to think about is their responsibility, though. We're talking about our responsibility to forgive. Not necessarily their attitude in how that takes place all the time. Uh, It is possible to forgive and forget, or it's impossible for us to forgive and forget. Uh, Listen, because while we can forgive the act, we can't always forget to hurt. Uh, I've hurt people in the past, and it it hurts me to know that I've hurt them. Uh, Someone once said this, love does not forgive and forget, it remembers and still forgives. Because sometimes we we don't forget. Uh, but we choose to forgive. Uh, love lets go of the hurt. Uh, and, and sometimes that will take time. I understand those things. And, and uh, I understand that. But listen, we must ask God for supernatural help to forgive. Uh, we need his help. We tend to keep track. We want to keep that ledger. Uh, we keep track, and oftentimes we keep track with the intent to use it against someone later. Well, I remember when. This happened. We need to be careful about that. That is not forgiveness. Uh, when we're keeping track of offenses in, in those things, especially when we want to use it against people. And so what I want to just kind of burn into your, your mind today is that this is a command that as Christians, as believers, especially when we're talking about those in the household of faith, we ought to be a forgiving people. We ought to be willing to extend forgiveness just as we've received it from our Lord. Uh, and if we don't, there's some consequences. Uh, we ought to think about these consequences sometimes. Uh, a command that does not involve consequences is really just a suggestion. And so oftentimes when the Lord gives us a command, it's for our good. It's for our benefit. It's not just because he's being mean or he wants us to be pushovers because we're forgiving. That's not it at all. Uh, there are consequences. Consequences. When we disobey God's command to forgive, there are always, uh, and we'll just look at at least three today. I think we could make the argument that there are more. But it really, it kind of terminates God's forgiveness. Look at what Matthew 6, 14 says. For if we forgive men, or for if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So when we refuse to forgive, we are in in essence refusing God's forgiveness. Uh, we're negating that. Uh, <clears throat> being unwilling to forgive those who wrong us prevents God from being able to forgive us. And, and so listen, this morning, you cannot receive from God what we refuse to give to others. Uh, if you have an unforgiving spirit or attitude, uh, how can God forgive you? There's an offense. You're being disobedient, to say the least. Our willingness to forgive proves that we are genuinely sorry for our own sins. And we understand the gravity of our sin. And we understand the forgiveness that we have received. And so us extending forgiveness is really truly the expression of that. Remember the parable in Matthew 18 about the wicked servant that had a great debt and he's forgiven? And he's released and he's sent out and he goes and he puts a chokehold on somebody that owns him. He's much smaller, much less significant. And what happens? He's returned to the tormentors. 
Listen, our Lord is going to withhold forgiveness in our lives if we're not forgiving. But this morning, I, I want to tell you, it generates other sins. Oftentimes when we fail to, uh, to forgive, it generates sins. Other sins begin to produce in our lives. Uh, they begin to start to develop in our, in our heart. Look at, back at Ephesians 4 and verse 31. It says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And then it goes into our verse here. It says, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Often we are unwilling to forgive because we're bitter or we're angry. We have a malicious attitude uh, during the, or, or based on those circumstances. And so we have that list here of, of bitterness, wrath, anger, and, and malice. I want to read the definition to malice to you this morning. Evil extreme enmity of heart, a disposition to injure others without cause, from mere personal gratification or from a spirit of revenge, <clears throat> that's a pretty poor condition for your heart to be in. And uh, I believe this list in verse 31 can be traced back to the refusal to forgive. Oftentimes when we don't forgive and forget, as they say, or, or re- re- try to not think about those hurts anymore, we begin to grow bitter. We begin to get angry at folks. And so oftentimes when we fail to forgive, for whatever reason, we have other problems in our life. And if we don't have them, they will begin to develop. We will begin to get bitter, I would say at the least. Listen, if you refuse to forgive, you will plant the seeds of other horrible sins in your heart. You will make a ground that is ready and able to develop greater sinful things in your life. And so refusing to be merciful and forgiving makes our judgment before God much more serious as well. So not only does it uh, generate, it, it, it kind of negates the forgiveness of God and it, uh, it generates greater sins, but it generates greater judgment. James 1, or chapter 2, verse 13 says, For he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy. Refusing to be merciful and forgiving makes our judgment before God far more serious. We will be held accountable for our lack of mercy. We receive God's forgiveness because of His mercy. What position are we into to not share mercy in the lives of other people that have wronged us? We don't have a position to do that. We must be forgiving and show mercy And again, whether or not we're merciful reveals how we see ourselves before God. I think it's an indication of where we are in our relationship with our Savior. We've failed to forget what He's forgiven us. Uh, We've failed to forget the mercy He has shown in our lives uh, for our sins, for our failures. But when we recognize or humbly recognize our need for God's mercy, we will show mercy to others by forgiving them. For Christ's sake, as God forgave us because of Christ, we didn't do anything to deserve it. And so oftentimes the people that have offended us or that have hurt us, they don't deserve it. But we didn't deserve God's love and mercy either. 
it's not whether or not they deserve it. It's because it's commanded of us to be forgiving and to show mercy. When you're not motivated to forgive, don't forget the principle in Galatians 6, 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. There are serious consequences for, for refusing to forgive. Uh, it, there's a lot of things that can, uh, it will negatively affect, impact. Listen, it's going to impact your walk with God. You can't have a right relationship with God if you're not willing to forgive. And so until you humble yourself and look those people in the face and say, I need your forgiveness. And on the flip side of that, if somebody comes to you and say, I want your forgiveness, you need to extend that. As difficult as it may be, and listen, it's supernatural, right? The Lord can enable us, and you'll see in our closing, I'll I'll kind of talk about that. Learning to forgive one another requires that we understand the command and the consequences of not uh, forgiving. But simply, as we look at the latter part of this verse, we need to just replicate God's forgiveness. How did he forgive us? Uh, We are to forgive as God forgave us. For Christ's sake, it says. How does God forgive us? Listen, he forgives us eternally. Uh, Eternally. He does not forgive like many, uh, or the man that said, well, I buried the hatchet, but I marked the spot where it's located. That's not how our God forgives. Uh, He forgives for eternity. Romans chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. And here it says, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. And so again, like I said earlier, that word thinketh that we looked at earlier, the same Greek word is translated here, impute. Uh, And it has the same idea of to account or to take inventory. Uh, The same word there in in 1 Corinthians that we looked at. Uh, Listen, when we confess and forsake our, our sins, God doesn't impute our sins against us. There is no record anymore. As far as the east is from the west. Uh, He doesn't count them against us anymore. And listen, he's not going to bring them up. But our tendency, we tell somebody we forgive them, or we've told ourselves perhaps that we've forgiven somebody, but when something happens, what do we do? We regurgitate all of this past and this history because we've been keeping account. We've been thinking evil, if you will, as the scripture says. We're imputing these things. We're, we're making account of those. Listen, that's not how our Savior forgave us. He will not impute those against us again. Uh, listen, God convicts or reminds us of our sin only for one reason, to cause us to repent and to restore our relationship with Him. And so if you've received forgiveness, but you struggle with those thoughts of maybe I'm not, that's the Lord, Satan fighting you. It's your own mind talking against you because God's forgotten it. God's not holding those against you anymore. Uh, And so, but that is so common, I think, for a lot of us. We tend to, to those failures that we have and those those, uh, sins that that we have dealt with, oftentimes we beat ourselves up about those things. But God's not beating you up about that. That's just you and Satan getting the better of you. So after Jesus 
tells his disciples that he's going to die. Uh, he's going to go away. Peter, Peter rebukes the Lord. And he tells him, no, you're not going to die. Uh, but that would circumvent God's plan. And this is what is said in Matthew chapter 16, in verse 23. It says, but he turned and said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offense unto me. For thou savest not the things that are of God, but those that be of men. And, and so Jesus, I don't think, is saying that Peter is Satan, but instead that he's playing the role of Satan. He's going against what God would have. And so oftentimes it's just Satan trying to fight us. Listen, if you've confessed those things, if you've forsaken those things, like the scripture tells us, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. And he's forgotten about it. And so rest in that. Listen, when you tell somebody you forgive them, you need to forgive them. Don't bring it up again in a conversation later. Listen, that could be detrimental to a, in a marriage. Boy, we have this discussion. We have this uh, intense fellowship, as Brother Foley taught me earlier this week or last week. Because we don't argue, right? We're too spiritual for that. But we get some intense fellowship. We started raising our voices and we work through something. And we say that we forgive each other. And then a little while later... We get in an argument and somebody says, well, remember, wait a second. That's not Christ-like forgiveness. Christ isn't holding your previous sins against you. He's not bringing those things up to try to hold you down and to try to frustrate you and to irritate you and to make you feel guilty. No, we won't. Listen, in Christ, there's freedom. There's liberty. There's an abundant life. He's not holding on. And so how dare we bring those things up that we've told somebody that we've forgiven? But again, I think it's a revelation of where our heart's at. It reveals that perhaps maybe we really haven't forgiven them truly. Maybe we've said some words, I forgive you, but we haven't truly forgiven. You know what we call that? A lie. And listen, I understand it can be hard, but don't, Bring up those things that have been dealt with in the past. Now, here's a little bit of advice. Deal with it. No matter how hard it is to deal with it. Because listen, marriage isn't easy. Relationships aren't always easy. And, that, and I'm, we're talking primarily within the church. I'm using marriage as, as, as an example this morning. But listen, sometimes it can be very hard and uncomfortable and difficult and intense but don't go away until it's dealt with. We ought to do everything we can to bring reconciliation. But once that's done, don't bring it back up. And, it, and I understand there could be hurts that take time. And, and you work through a relationship. But don't ever quit working on that. And like I said, you've got to lean on the Lord. <laughs> Lord, help me to forgive. Because sometimes we don't want to forgive. We like that feeling of anger or wrath because we're carnal. I want them. To, the root, sometimes those per, that person's not even hurting as much as we think we are. You know what? I, I think you guys understand what I'm saying because I think you've had a disagreement or two in life. But sometimes we hold on to this feeling, well, I'm not giving in first. And we almost glory in this tension, in this, this difficult situation. Don't be like that. That's not what God wants for us. 
Uh, it definitely isn't healthy for our marriages. It's not healthy for our church relationships. <clears throat> God forgives totally. He doesn't do it partially. He doesn't do it halfway. Uh, and, and he doesn't do anything partially or halfway. And so when it comes to forgiveness for our sins, he does it uh, completely and totally. Uh, Hebrews uh, 8.12, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities. Will I remember no more? God, it's totally. When we confess our sins, God wipes our uh, out our heavenly or wipes out the heavenly memory uh, and every trace of it. His eternal records, as far as He's concerned, uh, it doesn't exist. It's as if it never happened. God forgives totally. That's how we ought to forgive. <clears throat> That's kind of good news because you don't have to be guilty about something that never happened. As far as God's concerned, it's not there. Uh, Don't continue to beat yourself down about it. Uh, In legal terms, it means that our sins have been expunged. They're erased. They've been removed completely. Uh, Listen, our record isn't sealed. You know, you hear about juvenile records that are sealed, but the record's expunged, it's gone, it doesn't exist when God forgives. Uh, He does it totally. No longer any barrier in your relationship with God. Reconciliation. So we can take advantage of, let us come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Sometimes we need to ask God for help to forgive. Uh, and listen, I believe he'll give it to us. God forgives freely. Uh, doesn't cost you anything. 1 Corinthians 2.12, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. And I would say anybody that refuses to forgive doesn't understand the forgiveness that they received was freely given. Now listen, there was a cost, I understand that. But for us to receive it, it was free. Uh, It cost the death of His Son. Uh, Not only did He die on the cross uh, so that we could have our sins forgiven, but uh, so we can forgive those who sin against us. We have the power because of what Christ has accomplished to also extend forgiveness to others. God commands us to be like Him. We're to be conformed to the image of Christ. And so we ought to be able to forgive eternally, totally, and freely. Just the way that we receive forgiveness. And we continue to receive forgiveness uh, for our failures. This morning, who do you need to forgive? In a group this size, I would stand to reason somebody has been offended this week. In a marriage, over the course of a week, it can tend to happen. If you have kids, I know my kids get at odds with each other. Uh, praise the Lord, lately they've been kind of getting along. It kind of makes you nervous, like they're all doing something they shouldn't be doing together. But, but uh, they're, they're kind of getting along. But listen, the reality is, as we go about our lives, people wrong us. People hurt us. Who do you need to forgive? Is it a spouse? One of your children? What about a parent? 
And I know I'm talking to an older crowd this morning, but sometimes we get at odds with mom and dad, and we're grown adults. Who do you need to forgive this morning? Is it a church member? Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe an employer, or perhaps for some, an employee. Whoever it is, this morning I want to tell you God wants you to forgive them. You may say, you don't know how they have hurt me. And you're right, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't understand all the, the circumstances and the pain and the hurt that's there. But I know that you can forgive them as a Christian, as a believer. And the reality is you're commanded to forgive them. And sometimes we, as the believer, we as the mature one need to make the tough decision to go have that conversation. You know what, you, you said this, or you did that, or whatever your situation is, you need to be mature enough to go look somebody in the eye and say, let's, let's, I need to talk to you. And go with the mindset that you're willing to forgive. Look at Philippians 2.13. I believe this is a good spiritual truth that will help us as we learn to forgive. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I believe this means that, that it's God's will and desire for us to forgive others. Or, or I, mean, I, I believe that that's what God, and I believe that what this verse is saying is, is God will give us the ability to do what he wants us to do. And so this morning, it's not something you've got to muster up and you've got to work through and just bear the pain. I'm going to forgive these people regardless, and I'm not going to bring it up again, and you're going to try to attempt something in your flesh. That's not what I'm saying. You've got to rely on God because it's a supernatural thing. And sometimes before you go talk to somebody, you need to ask God for his power, his mercy, and grace to help in a time of need. Lord, this person's offended me, but I would like this relationship to be reconciled. I'm going to go talk to him. Help me to have a forgiving spirit. Help me, Lord, to do this. And, and I think he'll do it. He, it he, he will give you the power. But what happens most of the time? We know the right thing to do is to forgive. And we don't want to look unspiritual. So we go to somebody, oh, I forgive you. But we re in reality, we truly haven't dealt with that and forgiven them. And so what takes place? Those other sins begin to generate and develop in our life. We start to grow bitter, angry. Boy, we start ha having brash or, or coarse words at times because we truly haven't forgiven them. And so this morning, I, I urge you to have a forgiving spirit. Don't forget what Christ has forgiven you of. The great offense that you are, and you are, by the way, don't think that you're not. You were just as depraved as anyone else. And so when God extended his forgiveness to you, that is the type of forgiveness that he is expecting of us to do with others, regardless of the situation. Did you know God's forgiven murderers? Yeah. 
God used murderers in Scripture. There's examples of it. And we want to not extend forgiveness because somebody said an offensive word. How foolish. The great forgiveness that we have received, we are commanded to extend to others. May God help us to do so. Let's pray.